Yo, 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 welcome to First Smoke of the Day, first episode. Got my man L Boogie on here, Blackleaf. What up? Yes, sir. <laughs> I hear smoking big. What you smoking on? London Pound Cake from uh, Maywood Cookies. Um, my buddy Boro Blaster sitting to the right of me just picked up some flavors on the way over and uh, wanted to try a couple uh, couple new flavors on the while we're recording the cast. Got that boy Boro Blaster in the building. How's it going over there, bro? I'm smoking <laughs> on some uh, Fidel's right now. Ooh. Shit's got me a little slumped. I'm not going to lie, bro. I really like the taste on this. The fatty. new collab. The, uh, what is it? The hash hole? Yeah, the little hash yeah, hole. It's got dope. a little snake of hash rajan going in this. A worm. Yeah, a little worm. <laughs> Don't worm. I like that. What about I you, bro? What are you, what are you rolling I'm up I'm about right to now? roll up some blue nerds and some gushers. Oof. That boy sure, bunny. Oh, okay, gelato kid, shout out to him. And I'm 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 gonna roll both those up real quick. Cali weed. Oh it. yeah. So, man, uh, pretty impressed. I won't lie. I like this London pound cake. Shit's burning really nice. You want to try this? Like really nice. White but ash, I mean, white ash. Yeah. Definitely different than the first time I smoked. Greasy. <laughs> it's greasy. Yeah. I like that. Nice. The cone isn't about shit. Not a fan of the bones. <laughs> I mean, what in the hell is oh, that? But oh, God, we, 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 we. this compared to got a special special guest in the building too. We'll be in the background chiming in. Compared to the stuff we used to smoke, I mean, what about the the stuff you came up smoking? Oh my God, yeah, so crazy, Reggie. Yeah, you know, like picking rags, out seeds, picking out stems, hundred percent, yeah, big Philly blunts, like, but still sticky. Yeah, you know, and then and then you kind of you you know. Peep game and yeah. learn and adapt and yeah. taste gets better. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Was Crippy or Crippy was on the yeah. market when you yeah, first? For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I didn't even know about nothing. My dad had a. Uh, you started with just Crippy. Well, okay. The first time I saw weed, my dad had a cowboy hat, and he's not even a cowboy. And so, this so your, was this your first experience with weed? This is my first experience seeing weed, seeing not weed. smoking it. Okay, got it. Uh, I was like, my dad's not even a cowboy. What's he have a cowboy hat for? And he doesn't even wear it. So we pulled it down one day, you know, and was like, and <laughs> coach, sure. Shout out to coach. Oh, my God. It, it had to have been the worst weed I've ever seen. It was a bag of sticks and stems with some buffer of weed in the middle of it. You probably forgot about that. Oh, no. I mean, no, there was a bowl in there that was like uh, one of those little metal deals with the little screw down top. And you like light it and it sucks I in. I can't wait for coach to hear this. <laughs> Nah, but yeah, we were. So, were you tempted or what? What happened? Took a little pinch of it and sold it. <laughs> that wow. was my experience with me. What year was this? Uh, this was my last year of middle school. Wow. And sold like maybe 50 bucks, a couple bags a week to different people. I never. Yeah, hypothetically. <laughs> so, yeah. hypothetically, yes. Middle school, you were already. That was the Hustling. first time I ever saw weed, and I was like, oh, this is worth money, and I didn't have much money, so here's some money for, to, I mean, and I knew some dudes that smoked weed, so we did that, right? And then the first time I actually smoked weed's way different. That's fast forward into my first year of college, right? But wait, did you want to try it when you sold it? No. To be honest, bro, I didn't even, it did. It wasn't even crossing my mind like that. It more was like, oh, this is. If it would have been good or better looking. Do you think you would have wanted to? Yeah, for sure. It was like sticky or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you would have been like, oh, yeah. it smell like sweet. Like, or what something. is this? Is like, right? yeah, from the it was moon. like sticks and stems. So you're just oh, like, but it looked crazy. It looked like yeah. someone picked it up from back yeah, in the yeah, backyard yeah. and put it in That's the back. That's why. Because I'm yeah. like, just went, I'm like, all right. So it smelled. So, and then the thought didn't cross your you mind. You ever smelled until, like old burned weed too? 
like where it has that like old yeah, like resiny smell already been lit yeah yeah like a volcano that. weed <laughs> yeah i hate that <laughs> oh can't relight them Ugh. yeah nah so yeah that's that was just so from 15 to what 18 uh first year of college would have been i, I was uh yeah, i was 20 like yeah like 19 20 i think right? you're a late bloomer yeah yeah i was <laughs> no yeah but no first year of college uh on my way to a concert and I had I had friends that smoked all the way through high school and stuff, but I just never never really like they would do shit like lock me in the car and I'd sit in the middle and we'd be on the way to a party and they'd box the car, you know, like you know yeah, yeah, the you, shit you, that yeah, like how would you feel? You like feel hey, it? you're with us, so you're with us. Like yeah, of course, you're getting high even if we can't make you smoke, right? <laughs> so, but then like in college it was different, right? I'm sitting in the car and we got some girls around and my my the I was in a fraternity, so the fraternity I was pledging at the time, my big brother was in the front seat. Yeah, I love him. Start passing around a blunt too, not, and so this is the first time smoking was a blunt, not a joint, not a you know bowl, nothing. It was they like jumped you in hard. Well, I passed it. I went. I was like, pa- I had two girls, one on the right and one on the left of me, and one handed me the blunt, the blunt, and I passed it to the other girl. And my, I saw both of them turned around Ooh. in the seat, and were like, my big brother was like, uh, hit that shit, bro. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm pretty. I just, uh, I'm, bro-, and he was like, no, hit that fucking shit, bro. And I was like, all right, all right. And I hit it. We smoked a couple of times and I was like, wow, this is. And so we went to the concert and I had probably the best experience of my life. And that was the first day of smoke. And I never, st- I haven't stopped <clears throat> smoking since that day. In retrospect, can you give oh, us crazy? Can you tell us which concert it was? We're just trying to get an idea of what year this okay, was. Okay. So this was not to say this was exactly my style of music, but yeah, you'll get the year. Newfound Glory, Good Charlotte. Okay. <laughs> so this is about like 2001. Some like soft punk. Did yeah, you have your yeah. hair spiked? Uh, I think everyone in the fraternity was. You know, this is this is 2002. Yes, you 2002. Pointy, did you guys have pointy toe, uh, toe shoes? <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone had you not, your, your dress shirt tucked in and shit? <laughs> Steve Madden. I think at the time Steve Madden was like the steez you know holy shit yeah Dude, going to the roxy it was a, yeah i worked there i worked the front door that's classic yeah did times holy were di- early 2000s though smoking and growing weed or smoking weed was a lot different i mean we were still getting fired though this is a thing i didn't know how good i had it the guy to my left in my fraternity was a grower like the guy who was rolling the blunt, who had the weed, like was literally a grower and was a very good grower. So at the time, me starting to smoke weed was like, oh, this is straight hydroponic fire. Oh, so you started at the top, top. I mean, this is yeah, the guy literally. That's that was my the first my first mentor. You were like smoking crippy. Yeah, really. that's what it was. Pot Touched of the vine, pot of gold. Okay, pog yep. blueberry. Yep. And uh, we used to have some straight uh, Cali Indica, you know, um, yeah. Blue Mystic. Uh, yeah, I remember that one. Question, question. Was yeah. there Bubba's around then? You didn't. Nah. nah. I, years later, we saw Bubba's coming in and stuff. But that was, no, this was. And that's what people always say, like, oh, OG in Florida, right? And the weird part was, like, none of the strains that any of the guys I was around coming up were growing OGs. None of that. It was Kush, yes. Kush, but more like the Afghan. But mostly just crazy sativas and stuff. Like, when you think of Florida, you think of fruit. Yeah. Like that, bro. Like, just gassy, fruity stuff. Yeah. Yeah real different what about you i feel like that like like green crack type stuff yeah like you know just they used to call it like surfers crack or racy sativa yeah like it just i don't know Crippy was like green and orange hairs and sticky and yeah. just like potent it, it was much different like yeah i will say that it was much different 
What about your first time smoking? You were young, young. Man, my first time smoking. <laughs> um, I was. It was like eighth grade graduation party. Yeah. And my boy had told me he was like, "Yo, I rolled you a joint for later." And I was like, "What? I'm gonna change like, your life." Man. I was like, "All right." And I was, in uh, the whole rest of the day, I was thinking about that shit. I couldn't stop thinking about it. So we got to the party finally. Hands me a full joint. And it's like a zigzag joint, but I mean, I never smoked in my life from eighth grade, graduate going to ninth grade. And uh, I smoked the full thing with him. And he was like, Oof. it's called Creeper Bud, man. A creeper ball. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I bet. I Dude, bet. it was like 2 a.m. I was calling my grandparents. I was like, you guys got to come pick me up. We smoked this Creeper Bud. <laughs> my stomach hurts. Oh, dude, I couldn't sleep. It was like like 30 oh. people trying to stay the night. It was just, it was a mess. I was like, I got to I gotta dip. And then, yeah. and then since then, I legitimately didn't smoke weed until I pretty much graduated. So you basically, you were like, okay, I'm good. Like on that last thing. year of high school, I like I started smoking. How weed. long between the first time and the next time you smoked weed? I mean, that that was what four years. Yeah, wow, three years. Yeah, it's kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trippy. That's but, but you didn't smoke it. No, I was staring I at didn't, it. I didn't like. I didn't. You know, I didn't obviously just take the joint and try to. I just smoked it with him and. That shit was intense. It was crazy. Full yeah. joint. I should have took a couple hits. It would have been way. That's crazy. Was that but I like? I like annihilated myself. And it was a night that I just like. You know, there we were all yeah. pranking each other. Like <laughs> it was just chaos, bro. Yes. Yeah. Question: Was that the most high you've ever been in your entire life? For sure. For sure. The That's first awesome. time. Got to be because like I was like spinning, like drunk. Like you know, have you ever like yeah. had took a dip, and you're like, no, I haven't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but. Also, I was not born on a barn, so <laughs> you know. No. Well, if you if you use snuff or whatever, if you ever try it, you, I play baseball and shit like that. My dad done it my whole life. If you try it or accidentally swallow it, you'll get like the spins and you get sick. It's, it's crazy. It's like nicotine overdose, right? You can get it if you like huff a bunch of jewel pins or like any of that. Like, like you'll roll start coaster. feeling Holy sick. Shit. You'll start feeling nauseous. So that's how I felt, and it was just, it was just, it was chaos, bro. It was funny, but, um, yeah, my life changed after that, and it was just like I ended up going to a different school the next year, and all that. <laughs> None of that was related, but it just ended up panning out different for me. And then I caught back up with my boys and all that, and like I'd say, like my junior to senior year is when I started smoking here and there. Yeah, and, uh, from then on, no, it was fire. Or what were you guys smoking on when you were smoking? It was more um, mids and depends. reggies. It yeah. depends while I was around. Because yeah. I wasn't, like, having it. When was the first you know? time you had some, like, homegrown? You know what I'm saying? Some stuff that you would say, like, what well, we're smoking now, you know? Something uh, on that level. Like, was it years later or was it no, around I was, in I was you? probably, like, 18. Yeah. yeah. That was, like. I not, started I started understanding and, like, I knew a few people that, like, could, you know, get to it. So, I was, like, you know. Yeah. It came around. So, and then once I started smoking that, I just. The most I could do was like mix it a little bit. Yeah. If I had like some mids or something, like mix it in or whatever, stretch it out. But like other than that, it's like. I miss I those days. Smoke, I got to smoke good shit. We would take like a bubbler and go to the movies mm -hmm. and we'd be smoking like a huge bubbler on the way to the movies. And you'd be like, what fucking movie did we see? And no one could tell you or like leaving the movie. <laughs> And everybody was like, I don't know. You must have been high as hell. Oh, bro. We were, you know, we were smoking literally like homegrown fire in the beginning. So it was just like blasted you know straight from the beginning of like and and then it was and i didn't even understand that it honestly took me a little a little bit to understand like wow no one else's weed looks like that guy's weed 
Like, why does why does the guy that I know's weed look like that? And that all stuff looks like it's been like pushed down, right? And like, and so that's when I started realizing, like, oh, these guys are someone different, right? And that yeah. was my first introductory to like growers was guys like that that were just around who when you look at their weed and i'm sure a lot of smokers can relate to that some people's weed just looks a lot different than others and you're like okay this guy is somebody and does something you know yeah 100 boral let's talk about your first time big dog bro i feel like i've been spoiled like i started smoking are you from are you you're you're from cali yeah bro grew up here southern california Um, Give us some backdrop. Give us some backdrop on the brand, everything, and then tell us about your first time. Okay, I got you on that. Um, So I've been doing sandblasting for about three or four years now. Uh, I mostly engrave stuff, promotional products, branded products, but I'm starting to get more into the art side of stuff. Uh, Pretty much focused only on cannabis businesses. I've been working in the cannabis industry, like pretty much everything you can imagine, bro. I've done uh, sales, packaging, uh, distribution, some extraction. Like. But yeah, I mean, so you basically weave through the game, <laughs> through, weave through the industry, the cannabis industry. Yeah, I've done everything. Uh, I used to see it kind of as like a negative thing, but now I'm looking at it as a positive because now everybody's kind of coming back like full circle. Like people that I haven't talked to yeah. in a few years are like now placing orders or oh, I'm working with them and they're helping It's a lot of out. entrepreneurs to know too. I mean, everyone's an entrepreneur in that game. So you're working with a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah, it's a great circle to be around. Like everybody I know runs a business. Everybody I know like, is striving to have more businesses or real estate stocks, everything like that. So like, it's been a huge blessing to have like solid people around me, you know, shout out Blackley, shout out Ether, (laughs) (laughs) shout out Armin. Um, But yeah, I've been kind of all around the industry. I really found my niche uh, kind of while I was working at Candescent. I was kind of as a way to get customers, I'd make them something. I'd make them an ashtray, I'd make them a rolling tray. And you do that well. It's uh, it's, it's actually a, it's actually a term. They actually wrote a book on it. It's called giftology. Giftology. And you gift really well. And I pick up on that because, like, this guy's into gifting. Mm-hmm. L, he's into gifting. I'm into gifting. I believe in that big time to, like, build relationships. You should be give them a thoughtful gift or something they didn't, like, think to buy themselves. But you do that really well with your products. And, like, yeah. shout yeah. out to you for that. You brought an ashtray today. It says first smoke of the day. I enjoy it. I'm a sure logo you enjoy I didn't it. even give you. You just took initiative and made it happen. It and looks do it. killer. And that's the first lesson entrepreneur entrepreneurship is that you just got to get out there and start taking swings you know mm-hmm. start taking shots yeah real talk no, on that. nothing happens until you do that you know and oh, a lot man. of people just don't want to fake themselves out but you do that really well and you bring your product and you gift it and you got a good spirit so like that's the first whole half of the battle first time i met him that was the, that was the first thing i saw was like wow i blew my mind he can transform anything into something branded or something yeah. custom, right? So you have something that, like, you you buy a, I mean, even as as basic as a $20 ashtray you bought because you liked it, cool, it was on eBay, it's a plain glass ashtray, you give it to this guy, next thing you know, you have this crazy art piece that you're, you know, that's your ashtray. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, for me, is like, uh, I consider myself, like, artsy. Uh, I really, I, it blew my mind. I started thinking different with like, I look at, I mean, even my coffee table at my house, right? The next thing I thought of was like, dude, I want to make this thing into one big rose, the whole coffee table, huge petals and, and like just some really different stuff. And that's what I, with him, I just think differently. And that's what I think is really cool about that. Yeah. Shout out to the table idea. And that's, that's going to come to life soon. I'm working I mean, on a fridge too, bro. Yeah. This one's crazy. My barber, I was looking at his fridge. So I was getting my cut the other day. And I'm like, 
bro, your fridge is pretty boring. Like, let me come customize it. It's all glass, so we're gonna do some crazy shit for that. Anything is that's what's cool about it. You, you, I mean, your your canvas is whatever. Well, and I mean, and that's why you're working with a bunch of cannabis businesses. That's what's cool too, because a lot of those guys think outside the box. So a lot of your projects are different. Yeah, I've been real blessed in the cannabis industry, to be honest. Like at first, I used to get kind of like screwed over every now and then. People would be bad at paying their invoices and stuff. But you know, that's all part <laughs> yeah, of the game. You know. Like you learn that, you learn the systems, and then. You get on top of it and shit starts running smooth and you go, oh shit, I'm, I'm glad I stayed down with that, you know? So you, so you were introduced to weed early then cause you're from Cali, right? And you're working around weed guys. So like, what was the start then? Was it like real young or what? Bro. So I'm spoiled. I feel bad hearing your stories, you know, like I grew up in the prop 215 market. So weed was pretty much legal here. Like in a sense, you know, it was but you medical. knew about it like middle school type stuff or high school. Like when I was got my wreck when I was in high school, my first time smoking, I was like 16. Like, you were in high school and you got a, a rec card. Yeah. I turned 18 my oh, senior okay, year, okay. bro. And, uh, I went and got my rec card, bro. And, uh, I kept that shit on the DL cause I hated dealing with people, bro. Like, and everybody I dealt with, like they wanted to, you know, get a thing or two, like yeah. was a pain in the ass, bro. So it was pretty much just like my own thing. And, uh, it was kind of self-medicating, bro. I had ADD. I didn't realize it. And I had a lot of anxiety. So smoking really helped me. And, like, my grades started going up. Like Really? That's my social life was a lot better because it was nice to wow. have something. Like That's crazy. Yeah, bro. It was real weird. And then, uh, yeah, I just kind of dove, like, head first into it. Like, literally got my rec, bro. And I went to, like, every shop. Um, shout out to you. Uh, were your friends already smoking at that time? Or were you, was you just kind of on your own? Um, yeah, a bunch of my friends, my first time actually smoking, bro, this is funny. You guys all smoked flour your first time. Yeah, yeah. My first time ever smoking was dabs. Oof. Uh, <laughs> Shout yeah. out to the G-Pen, bro. We had, a. Uh, it was when I was playing football, <laughs> bro. It was like a team bonding. I got on varsity and the dudes were like, oh yeah, you got to come over, bro. Like, come over to Marshall's house, bro. And we go over there and it's a bunch of dudes, bro, just hanging out. But they're like, try this. And I'm like, okay. And I hit this pen. I hit it maybe like 10 times throughout the night. Okay. Fucking lit, bro. <laughs> Fucking so lit. And then the next day, like, we had the football game or, like, our practice, whatever it was, against our uh, other high school. Yeah. My lungs hurt so bad, bro. I couldn't play for shit. But <laughs> I loved it after that. And then the next weekend, uh, I smoked my first, like, bong hit. And it was off of uh, Dave Goldstein piece, like, the same one. That oh, nice. The other day. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I've been, like, spoiled, bro. Like, What did you enjoy better, flour or wax the first couple times you smoked? I mean, as an, you know, honestly, I think wax, I mean, still a, young, to this day, a young Boro, bro, it was wax, but the stuff back then was real boof and it wasn't necessarily like hard to get, but it was like, it, even in Cali, it wasn't up to where it is now, obviously. Yeah. Like, I mean, you would go to the shop, bro. And they used to have uh like five for a hundred and it'd be this like nasty ass crumble or like, you know, you could get the one for $35 a gram and it was like, that's like the started dab. So you were probably getting some stuff that was blown in the backyard. Yeah. But my know? lungs are probably have like popcorn in them right now, bro. <laughs> no, nah, but, but yeah, bro, I've been smoking. We since. were all to, I mean, talk about taking hot dabs in the beginning. Sweet, Straight dude. titanium red we nails, no you know, do we used to think that you had to take it when it was red hot. That was like the rule was like, Hey, it's cooling down. Don't hit it. We need I to heat it back that's up. That's why I don't dab. Or like I don't really like dabs. It's because like I remember the Colorado days and shit. Yeah. Where like you swing the nail and it was yeah, just yeah. like red hot and you take and like you're choking for like twenty minutes. It took a while. I mean, who was the first <laughs> guy to realize like some tap water out of the seat? <laughs> and then and then <laughs> you're reevaluating your, your life. Your whole entire yes. life in the mirror yes. in the bathroom. Yeah. Trying to like get your tears out of your eyes. Like. Pa and then, pacing around the living room. And then someone realized, man, this is a lot better when you let it cool down. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Holy the game changed. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know, bro. I still kind of miss the hot dabs. Like, you were oh, talking sorry. earlier, when's the highest you've ever been, bro? And honestly, even the backseat of one of my homies' cars, and we're hot taking dab. hot dabs, oh. bro. Not knowing what the fuck's going on, not knowing what we're doing to our lungs. And I just remember getting the spins like you were talking about yeah. and, like, just being so lit, bro. Like, probably super unenjoyable right now, you know, after having all this, like, nice, being spoiled by the nice smoke. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, low-key, it brings back memories. You, you know what that's called? You weren't actually smoking dabs. You were actually freebasing. <laughs> free, uh, dabs. Yeah. You were freebasing dabs. Uh, tweak your technology, yeah. bro. What are you smoking on right now, Boro? Uh, I have this uh, Grandiflora blunt. Uh, it's a hemp wrap with a glass tip, bro. It's the super what flower? supercharger flavor. Oh, nice. I don't remember what the other choices were, but that one just sounded gas, bro. I wanted something a little bit heavy on the smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be real into sativas, but now I'm like garlic, hardcore OG. I really Oof. like those heavy, like, yep. cut type things. Um, but I still like the fruity flavors. You know? How you liking that? It's good, bro. Yeah. I miss the Fidel's. The Fidel's is my preferred one. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. This London Pancakes burn is super white. Really nice, right? To the to the end. Very Co- good. Cookies I'm Maywood uh, did a great job on that, which Shout is Surge Cannabis, those Fiore guys. I mean, Cookies Maywood, definitely. My favorite uh, flower from Cookies is always coming from that facility. Um, yeah, Maywood. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, they got a lot of dope shit popping. Yeah, really cool. And That's now... Been- they launched their own brand now. I know now they have like Fiore or something, which is uh Yeah, I saw they did like a they did up a little plane, man. They yeah, like oh man. Plane. Shout out Mario Sick. on the logo. That was Mario. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, wow, that's dope. That's fire. I think I did see that on his page. Well, yeah, he's crazy. He's been yeah. doing all kinds of stuff. I met him by Mario two. Medina, right? Yeah, Mario Medina. Yeah. I think that's literally his handle too, bro. And yeah. corner okay. store. That's dope. Fire. That's dope. Yo, Man. talk about, can you talk a little bit about the uh, little collab you got coming out, Blackly? Uh, seed collab? Or which one? Yeah, let's start talking about the seed collab, definitely. Well, two-year breeding project that's coming to a culmination. So I uh, just had this idea in, like, the next level of, like, once you, you know, grown for, what, a decade plus to start to think about, okay, I need to figure out how to breed. And so started going into... What if we take some of our best strains and breed them with our other best strains, you know? And as a as a young grower, that's all you used to think of is like, what would happen if we cross this with this? Or what I mean, you start to dream about different crosses. Like, man, what if you took this crazy sativa and we bred it with this other crazy lemon sativa? Like, how what would we you know, and you you start walking mentally down that path. So about two years ago, <laughs> and I wanted to breed and so i approached a good breeder that i was friends with called raw genetics and he walked me through the process of reversing two different strains uh we reversed fruity pebbles and we reversed dirty sprite and i picked basically 12 to 15 of my best genetics and we pollinated 12 to 15 strains with reversed feminized you know dirty sprite and then we did the same thing with fruity pebbles so we have these basically on my best genetics times my best genetics so that's we it this is the crazy part though we realized first time we reversed dirty sprite that it wouldn't reverse and it was dropping pollen that wouldn't produce seeds it was just un unusable pollen so like why does that happen i we didn't know so then we had to go back to the drawing board and we asked a couple other breeders and i raw even asked some other breeders i think umami 
uh, is another breeder that he's friends with. And so we basically reworked the formula that was we were using to reverse the females. And Dirty Sprite had to basically use a stronger strength formula to produce. She's a finicky girl. You know, Skittles would be along the same thing, right? Hard to grow, worth the reward. So, I mean, we finally got a hold of that, and we had a successful breeding with Dirty Sprite, and Fruity Pebbles just throws down. And so, I mean, I'm super stoked. I spent the last three to four months working on the packaging, and uh, coming up with the names, you know. I really wanted to come up with something we couldn't get sued over, A, and B, that was super original that I was like, when you walk in a room, right, and you're looking down rows of beautiful plants, and I'm, you're, you would say to me, like, what strain is this, right? Which one's yeah. this one? And I'm like, oh, this is sour sapphire. Or yeah. this one over here, this is watermelon tourmaline. Or we got dirty diamonds. Or we got canary diamonds. And and it's the canary diamonds would be a lemonade-type flavor. You know, and right. you, you walk down that path. I thought, that's us. That's 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 what I want to be represented as. And, uh, and I, I can't wait for people to find. The reason we came up with the Precious Gems Tour was... I really feel like people are buying uh, an unearthed stone and you're going to cut this thing and find something that's literally a precious gem. It's like mining for gems, mining for gold. You're looking and you're searching, you're hunting through these seeds, you're hunting. But in the end, you know, what you get is this gemstone that is, I mean, transformative for your brand, for you, for, for, I mean, whatever you want to use it for an original strain is is what everyone wants absolutely for anybody that that smokes and enjoys it after that too yeah and i'm excited the terps of i really put a lot of thought into like what would dirty sprite cross well with and what would that be you know what i'm saying like what do what do i think would come out of that and then same thing with fruity pebbles you know i know what they bring to the table better than anybody Uh, now i know what these other strains and it's all i bred it with stuff i know it's none of this weird, a lot of these breeders breed stuff. They they get strains from other friends, and I started realizing this, that they haven't even grown it out yet. Yeah, they haven't ran it. No. And then you realize later, like, oh, that wasn't even the real cut of that. So they released the seeds, and that wasn't even the real cut. They oh, were damn. crazy. I started yeah. to realize a lot of this later. So everything, you've, everything you cross up, something from your stable that you've already ran. And you just sold a bunch of seeds from some stuff that's not what it's labeled. And I started realizing, man, I'm looking at my own seed purchases over the last 20 years now what 18 oh, years man. and i'm Tackle like tackle boxes i wonder how many of these are not what they actually are and that's what brought up and i was like you know what i need to be transparent with people i'll make posts i'll show the i'll show the 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 actual process i've shown on my instagram of like yeah. different videos have gone up of like here's me pollinating here's this here's us popping seed just to walk through the process and and most likely you've tried or seen me grow these flavors like you can see the pictures there's no smoke screen of yeah this is this go ahead and buy a you know 500 dollar right. pack right so I, i'm excited i'm just excited to get these precious gems as i'm yep. referring to into people's hands i think some of Super these growers are talk about find. the packaging so we did at first you know like with any project you start walking down the path of like i have this amazing idea can i get there right. and it started with i want to do a real crystal and it's there's a hole drilled inside of it and that's where the seeds will be and you will have this crystal and you know you will the seeds will come inside of it so then there's the whole thing too with the hippie side of it's a char it's charged now so the seeds are charged through that crystal you know if you believe in that and i just thought man that's super cool going with the names 
realized very quickly that we were in like 15 to 20 dollars a pack and that we were looking at like for you know you're talking 1500 packs of seeds maybe i mean what 150 grand or you know something it was like okay we got to figure out something different here you know so we came to the part where i found this guy that does acrylics like die cut acrylics and so we had a full die cut cast crystal cut out and it's backed with like a a, a reflective uh sticker and we're able to basically uh mimic like a crystal and we're yeah. gonna do a really cool thing where we're gonna put together there was a lot of stuff that didn't breed well that only popped out maybe eight to ten seeds less than one pack so i'm putting together three boxes and anyone who comes up with the best photos of the actual seed packaging when they buy the seeds we're gonna send them the winners a little contest you know like who will take the best picture of the seed packaging in the coolest shot right and it looks like a little gemstone so it, your imagination right. is as cool as you can go so we're gonna do that and we're gonna send you stuff that nobody else will get if it's seven or six seeds or five seeds of gmo time or maybe dirty sprite times dirty sprite i'm not releasing those seeds so maybe i'll send a few packs of those out that's super dope yeah and those people who come up with the coolest shots of our seed packs I'm going to send them gifts. I got some interesting stuff that will never hit the market that I'm going to send them. Amazing. One of the best gift givers I know. For I, sure. I, I would always think about what would blow my top, right? Like what would just blow me away if someone was like, this is what you'll get, or this is what I'm going to do. And then like, that's what I want to do then. That's yep. the goal. So 100%. I'm excited. I'm just excited to get these in people's hands because as, as growers and breeders, I mean, this is I know what I put into it and we know the genetics. So yeah. it's, it's not even a question. Fire times fire should be fire. Talk about the process. And like a few things you learned or like, if you would, Long. is it something that you are thinking about doing again? Yes. Or? I'm going to continue doing it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I took a break after this breeding project. Cause this was like a two year nonstop took up space and was a constant like extra project above the daily grind of growing. And besides the other grow, I also had to do the breeding project. Yeah. And so it was like a, another project I took on for two years. It was started off as six months, we thought, and then progressed from there. Right. Dirty Sprite didn't make it easy, but um, yeah, I mean, we, we learned, I learned so much about plants. I had to relearn that they don't do what you want them to do. You're doing your best to, tr to train them, right? And you have to learn about them. They're just like people. Dirty Sprite's a very finicky grower. Well, of course she's a finicky breeder. It's like anything we thought. So it was just, it really walked down the process of like, I learned a lot about how difficult, honestly, breeding. A lot of people think it's very easy. It's probably easy if you put a male in there and just shake it around and bloom it. But when you're doing a reversal, we had to stagger the female and the reverse plant. So I had to start spraying the reversal, like the dirty Sprite that we were going to reverse to male 13 to 15 days out. I'm spraying it every other day with a solution that would start blocking the female hormones and allow it to reverse to male. Right. And then I have to bloom that. So 15 days out, I'm spraying. Then I set that to bloom. Now that strain, I have to now keep in bloom and spraying every other day for another two weeks. Then I bloom the, the room that's going to receive the pollen. All the strains that will be the crosses of that dirty sprite. That then 15 days into bloom with dirty sprite, that goes into bloom. So that by the time 
dirty Sprite is dropping pollen, all the other strains are ready to receive it. And you, you have to stagger them because dirty Sprite finishes 73 to 78 days. And we wanted that full of pollen sacks by the time they were in early bloom. Usually from what I've learned, day 21, 23, 26 is a lot of reception of pollen. So you want to be hitting those marks from what I've, I've been told. And so that was, that was difficult as well. I mean, there was a, I mean, 12 different strains to each reversal, two different reversals at the same time. So it was a lot of just, you know, getting down your timing and planning, uh, a lot of planning and it was successful. So awesome. So it all paid off. It did in the end. It is paying off. Yeah, it will. And I'm, I'm excited. When are those going to drop in? Like I popped the dirty Sprite time Skittle seeds myself. There was only 32 of them. I popped them all. I'm running through those myself now and seeing some cool stuff. Yeah. Shout Uh, out to those boys. Those should drop next month sometime in May uh we're finalizing the packaging i'm going over the top with some just little small things i want to change and then we're going to drop them through neptune seed bank oh yeah it's going to be epic and we're gonna we're really going to show love to the people on uh who who take some cool photos and really do some cool stuff grabs them up yeah i'm excited yeah yeah that'll be dope yeah that's gonna be fire so you already popped the dirty sprite time skittles yeah how far are those in they're in, um, I'd say, like, late-stage veg. Okay. Yeah, so immediately when those seeds dried out and were able to be then, like, used, right. I was, like, perfect, and I put them in, and really crazy blades. I'm seeing some crazy expressions in the leaves that are, like, 50-50 Skittles and uh, Dirty Sprite because that's what I'm looking for. I wanna, I'm want to. i actually excited to see everything from, like, maybe 90% Dirty Sprite to – and and ten percent Skittles to ten percent dirty sprite and ninety percent Skittles, right? Yeah, like I, I'm interested to see everything. So that was we only out of four big mom Skittles plants, I had thirty two seeds total. Wow! It so that's when that I tell say you about it. Some strains I can't. I didn't even really. I can't even release. I have eight seeds or six seeds out of four plants. Right. They just didn't receive the pop. Dirty Sprite was very difficult, but that's what's cool. That's what makes it cool. So now I get to give those to people who take cool photos and want to get creative with our stuff. Small batch. Exactly. It is. It truly is. Yeah. No, it truly is. Let's talk about that. You know, what is small batch? Oof, small okay. batch flower. What is? What do you consider small batch? I mean, you know what I think really changed a lot and i'm learning is people have switched to salts like raw salts and growing so you get a there's a couple big companies out there now that run just raw salts and i think that's what's lacking and that's what's changed in the terpene profiles of some of these the nutrients yeah i mean i think that plays a huge role Uh, for me as a grower there's three key parts that you have to hit to be like a top shelf grower number one environmentals you have to have the right conditions to grow. That room better be ready to actually cultivate in. B, or second, genetics. You need the right genetics. I mean, everybody at this table knows that. We're smoking on some of the best stuff in Cali right now. The reason we seeked it out is because of the genetic. And then number three is nutrients and or how you use the nutrients, your watering or your irrigation. Like, what are you feeding them and how are you feeding them? Right. Those three things, if you can get those down, you have growing in a nutshell. You really, everything else is very minute. 
So it brings for the debate of what is small batch and what is considered commercial. And it's like, it's all in the grower, but it's like you say, like, do you think that like in the difference in the nutrients and the feedings, Mm -hmm. how about with hand watering or not hand watering? I, the (laughs) last, Well, I have very hands-on hands-on experience with this is that the last 8 months I've been we've been hand watering 150 lights at the facility I'm working at. I took over a facility that was failing out in uh Cathedral City and we've turned it around and brought some money back to the owners and the owners are about to make between the last two harvests, I'd say somewhere around 750 to a million dollars. And so there you go. We need to turn we're turning this facility around for them. And so we're hand watering it and I tell them constantly, if you if we had an irrigation system in here, I could dial it in even more. And the previous grower that was in there before me believed in hand watering and that it was better and the, I think that's some backyard grower if you have maybe five plants tech, I think well, when you start to scale and you really want to get scale, right? So let's bring it down and though. consistent. You want consistency. But do you think that the waterings need to be, you know, different for each plant? And yes. On, on for top every of strain. That, on top of that, though, they have technology now to yes to dial that all in. We're in 2021. I mean, it's crazy. There's even sensors that you can put inside of plants, inside of the base, yeah. and it'll tell you exactly when you need to feed. Like literally and it to does the it minute. Automatically, yes, right? yeah. it hits. It's the same as you would buy and sell stock automatically. Absolutely. It's the same thing. You have parameters, and the parameter swings, and as soon as it swings down, shout out Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ramsey, yeah, uh, everybody, you know, Nubani. Okay. He's the one we almost, you know, brought oh, yeah, yeah, into. Of course, of course. Ramsey. He started, I mean, him and Grodan. And, it's called Arroyo, right? Yeah, Arroyo. I mean, yep, shout, shout out, out them. them. They they do some really cool stuff. He's a and, fire-ass grower, fire-ass dude. Shout out to Big yep. Ramsey, man. Doing, He's actually growing high-end hemp, actually, out in New Jersey now. I see that. I really cool. I, I like the theory, man. I want to see triple A high-end fire hemp. I want to see what it looks like. I'm interested. I've seen some indoor hemp. That was fire. Yeah. How was it? Was it interesting? Did you smoke it? You would have never been able to tell. That it wasn't weed? Yeah. Did you smoke any of it? No, I didn't. See, I want to try some. You know, like I have smoked some Delta 8. Delta 8, right? Shout out Delta 8. Yeah, I've smoked some of that, but it wasn't the high end. Okay. I saw it. It was live. Yeah. Living. So it was like, you know, obviously I'm not going to smoke. You know what I mean? But he didn't have any there that was like. Yeah. But I, I also wasn't too tempted. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, when I've smoked before, it's like, mm, I, I don't know if I feel it. Anymore. It's interesting. It's interesting. I, I, I get it, though, because theoretically, you could sell it in 7-Eleven. Exactly. You could buy an eighth of Oh, the whole thing with this hemp is that you get COAs and you're shipping uh, nationwide. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's... Uh, it's um, and and I like it as as a smoker. I think it's pretty cool. I, I'm I'm interested in it. I want to see, especially if you're saying high end, right? If you attach high end hemp, I, I'm interested. I want. I would love to try it. We digressed a little bit, but yeah. Back to the hand watering. What what do you consider craft? Because you know craft. Like you come. From, I think you come cra- from small batch. Yes. Honestly, yes. The honest truth is like some of me seeing your best work was when you were able to do that small batch work and like really baby that situation and like give it that extra attention and love i think your opinion on that because at scale it's yeah super debatable if we've really seen it yet at scale level of consistency we've seen it but it 
is really, really hard to do across the board, right? Like, Very like these difficult. people, they have one facility will crush and then yes. another facility is lacking. And yep. you can kind of see it in the product, you know, and, and even in the shops, right? You know, the different shops got different access. But what's your opinion on light-wise? How many lights do you think it would be considered small batch craft cannabis boutique? Well, I'll touch on that. So, A... A, a old grower, an old hippie grower that I came up with used to say something that rings true. And he used to say to me, like, it's easy to grow weed. It's very difficult to grow really good weed consistently. And I thought at, in the beginning, I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. You know, like, what, whatever. Yeah. And then I, the older I get, I realize, like, damn, how true is that, right? It's e any, I mean, anyone can throw a light up and throw some plants in there and grow some weed, right? It's very difficult to consistently grow fire. And he, yeah. and he was someone that would even say he does not grow fire. He grew production weed. He, right. he knew that. He even would say that to you. Right. And, and that was something he admired about some of us, some of the smaller guys that were, like you say, that were coming up. I think that to say, okay, I've always grown small batch, but I think the biggest thing for me is stepping from a house to a warehouse was a learning experience. So I think there's a learning experience curve into moving into a larger setting, not to say that it's not craft. I just think there's different, uh, how, I guess you, how would you put this? There's different hurdles that you end up having to jump over or through or sideways i mean it's just a different learning curve altogether so the first few years that you're saying the best stuff you had was from smaller settings was just because that was before another learning curve got thrown in right now right. that that learning curve is solved i would say it's the same but now led technology and all that what is small batch i think small batch right now for me is under 250 lights really i think dude i honestly think if you put f a couple really good growers together and you put a team underneath them i think you can grow honestly a few hundred lights worth of actual top shelf fire okay, but well how many you're lights paying per for room you're paying for your the right inputs you're paying for the cultivation setup. You're paying, like, you're hitting these marks. There's not like, oh, well, now we're just going to use salts because we're huge and we're going to cut corners because we're big. No, you're going to spend money on nutrients. You're Maybe you're going to use the same nutrients you did in the basement. Maybe you're going to use those same things and you're just going to scale those. And I think right. strain plays a lot of role. Certain strains, you're not going to be able to run in those big rooms, but there are strains that would love that big room. And that's right. just me. I think, I mean, there's growers in town here that, that you would say are not small batch, thousands of lights, two or three warehouses, 600, 800, 1100 lights. That's not small batch. I think they could be, be considered small batch, meaning the flower is boutique and cared for. That's what I, when you right, say that, right. that's what I think of. I think of, I look at this flower and I would think this could be grown in an apartment in a closet and someone spent all day, every day hovering over that plant. Yeah. Or this was grown in a facility where they had a bunch of really skilled growers putting their heads together and putting in the work, but not cutting corners on nutrients and not cutting corners on running a bunch of strains that produce very high THC and give us three pounds of light. So let's put out a bunch of strains that make us a bunch of money. That's considered non-small batch. Small batch is someone who the number one thing is the plant, 
right? Quality. The quality. And and in that is the strain, right? right. What strain is going to play into that? that small batch when you lose those key points i think that's when you lose small batch i don't think it's the amount of lights and stuff i think it's more the grower and how you're you're handling these plants and the love you're putting into no i'm not going to cut that corner we're going to spend more money on that no we're gonna do it this way because this is the right way to do it it's a long game it's the long game and it's the love you right. can't lose the love for the plant. You can't lose the, lose the love for the process of this is the hard way, but in the end, look what we get. That joint of dosi we smoked earlier that I brought over, that's fresh. That was burning yep. pure white. Yep. That was done with LEDs, and that was hydroponic, and, and I mean all automation, beautiful batch. I could scale that to easily. I just I think it's the love, number one, the love. And I think some of these guys, when they sit down with their ledger and they're like, so if we change over to raw salts, we save $700,000 a year yeah, versus 3,000 lights we have. And yeah. then they start to run these numbers and it's like massive savings. I think when you take a step back from loving the plant and saying, no, I know this is making I, it too much about yes. the business. It's similar to like food and everything else. Water. Yes. Yeah. You look at every industry. Yes. Life. Literally every single industry. When you really look at it, the difference between, I would say, like private and commercial. Yes. Because like small batch, if you really want small batch, like meaning like the quality wise, like you got to you gotta know somebody that knows somebody. I would it's say. cared for. Yeah. And it's shout it's, out it's, what? It's not openly available. NorCal Nemo. 100%. Elephant's growth. 100%. I mean, uh, Harvest Moon, I would put in the conversation. Uh, that uh, Cash Tree Mason. Yes. I haven't had his flower, but I've heard either, a lot about it. I would consider that small batch. Like, very crap. Like, so unique. Cash like, era told me it was fire. I've heard from direct people insane. I consider, it's you know, that know what's up. Uh, 100%, man. I mean, it's the love for the plant. When you start putting in mediocre rounds of flowers in product batches and don't care, now it's you're going commercial like it's a lot of steps i don't think it's the amount of lights right. i think maybe I like that, that should have went to extracts maybe it was a b batch right throw it into extracts and have an amazing extract batch but instead you decided on the money now you're going away from small batch theory to you're a commercial grower and you're about something a little different than and it, and there's a lot of guys out there that are very successful doing that Absolutely. it's just a different thing a lot of it yeah and that's i'd say that's the majority is it's i mean even older growers that i came up with when they start to say it's 10 cents versus every dollar of regular nutrient cost it's this versus that it's those investors squeezing you is what it is and when you love the plant you have to stand up for it and that's that like you either are who you are and you're that grower or you aren't and you're willing to grow what those investors want you to grow and it's one or the other and if you're going to put your name on it it better be who you are it better be what you're about and i i just you got to stand on it forever yeah i mean that's your art you're putting that into the world and you're saying like this is this is what i do for a living this is go ahead and judge what i do i mean if you can eat a c-grade bud and people are like ugh, and you're okay with that i mean right right it's different you got boutique is in the mindset of the grower and in the, the amount of hours and quality they put in the care you know i like that 
I like that. Oral, what's some of the best flour you ever had? Yeah. I'm going to be biased, bro. I'm going to say uh, black leaf for sure. Oh, uh, no. That's not, <laughs> let's exclude black leaf. What do you bro, give okay. us a good answer besides that? Honestly, it's been, I would have to say, like, uh, unbranded type stuff. Like, one of the ones that sticks out in my mind is from high school, bro. His name was Uncle Bud. And okay. this dude was, uh, like, a friend of a friend of a friend. I had to go and, like, you knock on the door all weird. You have to, like, the dude didn't have phones or anything. Even in Cali. He was like, yeah, bro, this wow. dude was like... Well, I kind of like I didn't live in the area, but I went to high school in like a bougie area. Like you know? what years? Uh, this was 2012, 2014. Okay, okay. Um, but it was you know what like area a, did you go to high school in? It's called Anaheim Hills, bro. Okay, so like I mean okay. it's Anaheim, but OC, so yeah. But, OC, uh, shout out them boys. Yeah, bro. The medium income in that area was like hundred thousand dollars, like per household. So like it was a nice area, you know. So um, you would go to a house and you like knock on the door, bro, like a legit house in Anaheim Hills. There's actually, a, I mean, I probably shouldn't say that, but uh. <laughs> no. um, yeah so i would literally go to his house you knock on the door fucking ring the doorbell or whatever yeah. like you get his attention and he comes in and he's all like kind of like a chubby dude bro yeah. long hair and uh living good he had weed all over his house bro is either curing like hanging there and driving oh or okay growing, or growing. Had, like like legit like yeah bro like if anybody like if like a law enforcement or something he'd be fucked but uh <laughs> it was like two stories too so i think that welcome to cali even the upstairs had shit too um I don't remember the price necessarily, but that shit was gas. I don't even remember the strain, bro. But it that's was what just I was gonna like, ask. What was really? the strain? Was it like an OG? I'm guessing. No, it was a it was a Jack Cross, bro. Oof, oof. I I let's Is your heart racing, on that, man. <laughs> I hate Jack. J one or Jack? I hate Jack. Like J one, right? Had, he had like J one XJ thirteen. Okay, he liked those. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Slimer, bro. It's those a are panic oh, attack. Wait, all those are the same thing. Anxiety. Okay. It doesn't yeah. even get you. Give me high, really. It's just like, but well, you I like those. Those are the ones you like. So guess, you like racy sativas? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because uh, like I like the racy ADD sativas and shit like that, bro. Yeah. Like it like helps like me like focus, bro. I don't even know. No, bro, yeah, I love that shit. And also the flavor, like the super silver haze. Um, another I, crazy sativa. That was one of my favorite ones, bro. Shout out to this shop, um, Anaheim Hotbox, bro. That was the first place I ever worked at. I used to go there and I would buy so much weed, and the dudes like, you just want to work here, bro. Like you spend your whole like money here. <laughs> And so during the day, I'd wash cars, and then at night, I'd work there uh, pretty much seven days a week. Awesome. Yeah. And awesome. Yeah. From day one. That's what got awesome. me about them. Yeah, serious, bro. And then uh, they had $80 half ounces, bro. I just remember that because I was like, that's such a good fucking deal. This was in 2014. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the prices were low now compared to what they are currently. Like, because eights used to be $35 out the door of like- High end, best, though? Yeah, the best shit you could get at really? most of the shops in Anaheim. Wow. Uh, like OC Santa Ana, pretty much Santa Ana and Anaheim, bro. You used to be able to just cruise down like Euclid or uh, okay. Main Street, and you could hit. I used to go to sometimes like twenty shops in a day, and you get the first time patient deal, and they give you free <laughs> shit. Bro, yeah. So I would, yeah. and then I would also give them my business cards too, and I'd be like, "Oh, yo, I wash cars too. Like I'll hook you guys up." And so that's kind of how I really started like getting to meet more people in the industry because I was washing the owners' cars. I was doing the Mercedes, you know, yeah. Royce Bentleys. And yeah, I got, I mean, I was real lucky to live there, bro. And uh, when I really started trying crazy shit was when I started going to other places, bro. Yeah. Like uh, San Diego, um, I think it was called P91 or something like that. Okay. And that shit was Tried like, some fire, bud. Yeah, next level. Yeah. Bro. Like, it was like super, super hard to get kind of. Yeah. Like, I feel like you mentioned that with the small batch. Like, it has to be hard to get. Like, do you think that is? I don't think that it has to be hard to get. I just think that anything worth having that that's it's that good 
is going to be hard to get. Yes. I agree period. with the demand like, is going to exceed. Like, I've been trying to get the cash cashmation, a few other things. Like, I'm going to get it, but, like, just as a consumer, that shit's hard to get. Yeah. And you got to figure it out. Because you know? everyone down the line will take the same purchase you will. So the guy before you, the guy after you, there are six people before you. Well, that's what people to- don't understand either yeah. is that, like, yo, 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 you know, everyone. And yeah. It's just like, like. A person will pay more than you for the best. Yeah. Really quick. Well, we're seeing that right now in the They're industry. lining up. Like, yeah, I got something on that. Like, you were talking about everybody's always wanting to cut costs. And yeah. something that you've actually taught me in business is, uh, what if you spend more? Instead of trying to save less, like, what if you spend more on the product and you get something better and you could charge more? And I've done that and it's worked I out. Just, I told you know? him what you told me. And one of the things that you used to tell me is work harder. So it's like if you want something instead of saying like, oh, I can't get that or I'm not going to be able to make that happen. It's like, no, just work harder. Like like that's the new floor. Right. So, yes, yeah, like you don't need to save more money. You need to make more money. Exactly. exactly. That's what it's. About. And I pass that on to him trying to explain that to him saying. And with and, and I, I mean, the guy, uh, the CEO of LVMH billionaire, I think he's like the third richest man. He says that he says um, with luxury goods comes luxury profits. And that's so true. I love like that. anything big like that, like art. And he's the third richest man. He's in he's in retail, pretty much essentially. Yeah. You know what I mean? Clothing and fashion. So, um, and you right. see them trying to get into the weeds. He's right. And, and look bit. at all the stores now. I mean, you see the stores now. What stores have the lines out of it? I mean, Louis, yeah. Gucci, all these stores got lines out of it in every single mall that's open right now. They weren't even hurt during the pandemic, from what I understand. No, they're they're killing it. Crazy. I feel like a lot of people made money during All the, the luxury stuff and, yeah. and across the board, yeah. jewelry, cars, boats, everything. Did sold well. Out. Sold out. It's like high in demand. Doubled, if not tripled, over the pandemic. So that's crazy. And then even, and talk about last summer, talk about the experience of how much that changed the game. Where like, that I think that was the first time we were seeing prices like, you know, you see like these ever five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars. Yeah. For Consi- one unit. For the and for the whole crop. For I'm hearing people yeah, cash yeah, units. Out they're doing they're doing them that way. Yeah. Running rooms. I, it's still going down now. But did that like birth like what is considered like and I don't know, it's not that it happened last summer per se, but like last summer the the with the stimulus and the surplus, it like put it on steroids. Well, I feel like that it had- rebalanced the system, in my opinion. It rebalanced prices. Like prices are where I think they should be for fire now. Like right. not, I mean, there are people that are charging crazy things. Like you hear mm-hmm. about fifty five, five, but like fire four forty two forty four fire i mean real real you're talking boutique small batch that i think that i mean that's what it is right now for and and i mean there are people getting crazy prices and there are people charging crazy prices but what else is going on you you guys you guys fucking with crypto oh bro you know it dogecoin come on man to the moon you guys make any money honestly you guys made a couple hundred i got lucky bro blackleaf told me um Fuck, maybe June, July, right before I went to Vegas for my birthday. Last year. Like, yeah, last year, 2020. He's like, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. Um, A year ago. Yeah. I was like, because we were talking and I just, I pass on any good information that I'm utilizing. And I was like, yo, man, I'm already seeing this. I'm reading about it. I'm reading. I'm like spending hours at night reading about what this thing is and what's coming from people and and I was just telling him, like, man, I think you should invest in this. Honestly, and it's been so. Yeah, I invested when I it was 
you know, last summer, like not super early, like a couple of my friends got in when it was like, you know, 2010 or whatever, when it was like pennies or whatever that shit was. I should have um, got into Doge earlier. Bro, but you know, that shit, it comes and goes. Like you can't let your emotions get into the stock sometimes. I was thinking the same shit, like I was telling you earlier, I sold it yeah, right I when it came up. Patience. That's the biggest thing this has taught me is patience. I've like pre-bought in and jumped the gun a few times because I felt like I had FOMO. I was missing out. Mm-hmm. And then it dropped or went where I wanted it to go even more. So I was like, you know what? After a couple times of that, now I'll even give it 24 to 48 hours and see what happens and then make my move or wait even longer. But when I quick buy or quick sell, I've, I've burnt myself a few times where I've been like, uh, I should have waited a little longer. Honestly, bro, I agree with that. Even selling or buying, I mean, it goes both ways. One of my favorite things about crypto, though, is actually seeing my money work for itself. <laughs> you know, like I've always been it's cool to see that money can actually do that when it's decentralized. You can watch it. Well, you can literally watch yeah. it from the point of view. Like really I've been, exciting times like this will never happen again ever in the face of history. Yeah. Like, ever. Yeah. Next level. It's, a, it's kind of like cannabis. Like, and they're, they're, they're both just like skyrocketing. And they're, they're in the first one percent. They have, say I have sundial like they say of like the full growth of 100 percent. We're in the first. Like one percent of the growth yeah. of both markets. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's interesting to watch. But yeah, no. Um, what about street brands? What's your guys' favorite street brands right now for cannabis? Yeah, some of the ones we mentioned were awesome. I mean, Elephant's growth obviously is crushing LA. Uh, you know, and I, other places he grows fire. You know, um, you said Cash Tree Mason. Haven't had it, yep. but I've heard. The same, once you hear the same review a hundred times, yeah, I'm absolutely. pretty sure it's, uh, someone I have had though, is you talked about Harvest Moon Gardens. I've had yep. his product. I love some of the master Shout cushions. Uh, got the papaya here right now. This shit's crazy. NorCal Nemo crushes. Guava gas. Guava gas fire. Pecan. Yep. Yep. Pecan. Pecan. Um, what else is real good that I've had lately? I'm, I'm uh, fucking with, I'm fucking with the gelato kid too. Oh, sure money. To try sure that. money. The I Gushers is like over. the old school Gushers. I'm going to have to roll one of those up so here so loud. I'm try that. And then the Blue Nerds. Blue Nerds. Oof. I'm fucking with What's that. What's the cross on that? Or what is I, the... I, I think it's... Blue times Nerds. Yeah. Shout out on the packaging <laughs> too, bro. No, yeah, Honestly, I love it. Shout out to the homie, packaging. man. Sure money. Uh, yeah. Real dope. Gelato kid. I'm fucking with him. I, of course, I like uh, Zushi. I love gelatos. Ooh, yeah. Skittles. Like, Team I'm 10. I've been a Skittles yep. fan. Team 10 crushes. And what they too. do with it, I fuck with it. I love it. Blue Zushi. I'm, Whatever I'm they're that. doing, that, that, yeah, that, the I Zoy, like that. Yes. All that. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. And, and, uh, and what else? Um, Street brand wise. Well, I'm uh, mostly on the extracts. I really fuck with Trilogy, Hash Air. Okay. Shout yep. out to that boy, Bobby Trill. Um, Hash Air crushes. I'm trying to think what else, bro. Honestly, like I've, shout out Ether, bro. He always has different shit. Yep. Like I go over there and he's just like, hey, I got this, this, and for you. And I'm like, hell yeah, bro. The streetwear guy. Uh, Grease, Grease Mountain, I think was one of them or something okay. like that. Um, the Melco, bro. Obviously, 710 Labs, uh, Resin, um, Cali Stripe, bro. Those are some of the legal ones I've been getting that, you know, the local dispos. Uh, legal market's good it just has a while to catch up see it's still just there's some fire in there getting in there though like shout out to, oh yeah shout out to the homie wizard trees mm-hmm. fuck with the rs11 yeah the whole yeah, doja yeah. gang yep they're laying down nothing but fire so i fuck with all that like the biscotti gushers and well yeah there's definitely different some- crosses and some some funky shit coming the zope crazy I farms. Those, yeah. i'm gonna try that rs11 yeah 
that's always a banger. Yep, yep. I, I would say that. that's yeah, that's in there hundred percent. Yeah. Um, Fire Farmer. I, I maybe I'm speaking out of line, but did I'm not sure if Dio or Fire Farmer, one of the two, grew that uh, bred the Zope. Okay. I, I either Fire Farmer's growing it I or he bred Dio. it. Dio bred it. Yeah. I think okay. So. Yeah, I've been wanting to see what they Dark Matter they used to do. He used to do a couple different ones that were real interesting. They got a they got a bunch of dope shit going on. Yeah, yeah, coming all out of the Bay Area, just that, like it's always been. I can't wait for a lot of these growers to get back on licensed, you know, so that their products available more frequently. You know, it'll be real 100%. cool to see some of these underground guys hit the market a little more too, where we're getting that same product we were getting Prop Two Fifteen days um, right. now. You know, you see Backpack Boys kind of bringing it back oh, yeah shout out to them yeah they're bringing it a lot more back where i see a lot more of i feel a lot more street and a lot more of like the underground guys kind of coming through that that lane you know yeah. uh I, I'm, I'm interested to see a lot more of that in la I, I can't wait to see some of the best brands i mean now they're they're really dope too and shout out to them mm -hmm. man they show mad love to everybody and they really showed that like you know, I feel like they added onto the bad game a lot. Like yep. the Mylar game that went crazy. And uh now they got a shop and shit and they're making it happen. Yeah. Got all their strains in, in shops and now they got a shop. So it just goes to show like you can do anything that Yeah, piece by works. piece. You know, they got a they got a dope team. So shout out to them, man. They when I'm talking street brands, I definitely gotta mention them in the discussion hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Where did the genetics come from? I mean, that's everyone's working, so it's how it's about, interesting. How about the debate of because obviously we know Cali has the best weed. Yeah. What's it, the second best? Okay. In a, how, just let's what, say what, this. What's coming in after Cali? I'm but not going to debate on the first. But why, though? Let's just, why? Gonna, because roots. Because flavor. Because culture. Because, because talent. Think the culture, like, talent. Yeah. like Every like, grower from like, is a different place. the same reason why artists come here to blow. Exactly. Everybody comes to Cali. It's the energy. It's the weather. It's a lot of things mixed into one. Models and, and go to New York. It lost. They come here in two, though. You know yeah, what I mean? but uh, for, for the top, like you have certain places where you go. Paris is the yeah. fashion center. Cali and, is the epicenter for herb. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And it attracts the best talent. Honestly, I've met the every grower I've met out here. Half of them are from a different place and they all came more. out here for one thing. And they're all ch they've chased this thing similar to how I yeah, have yeah. and every all of us have. So, no, it's it's been awesome out what here. What would you say second best state? What's been real interesting is I've never seen more expensive grows than I see popping up in Michigan. I see these grows going is, up is, crazy. Is, uh, is, uh, I, you, you see and you hear, like, I've been seeing some, you know, product from there and some brands coming out with it and, like, they're on to it. Like, they got yeah. Cali genetics and shit. I saw like, a They're place, popping some flavors. I feel like Michigan has been on, like, uh, you remember Slab House? I feel like uh, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. out there too, bro, back in okay. the day. I remember seeing their shit out a lot there. Um, but I was going to say, bro, I might get some shit on this, but Oregon, bro, Loki, when I was out there, like the flavors and the quality was getting a little bit better than a few years ago. But it's the crazy. pricing was just like, I could not believe that. Like compared to Cali, like right. coming to the dispensary here. But the yeah. shop experience there is just poor. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Portland, shout out to Portland. Been to a few shops. Kind of dope. Bro, shout out Bend. Ben's where it's at. Okay, Ben, which shop? Bro, okay, I got, I'm got. i going to be biased. Oregon because uh, they're one All of my right. best clients, man. Shout okay. out um, Johnny, bro. He, they're great people. They do great work over there. Okay. Um, Again, I'm not, like, huge on the flour. Like, I will get, like, some flour every now and then, but I mostly smoke it up in, like, a pre-roll. 
but their concentrates, bro, just like the amount of selection that they had there, I was just blown away. Like it reminded yeah. me of California. Extracts, I could see how it would make sense. It's easier guess- to grow for resin than it is for flour. Yeah, I'll just leave it there. So you can grow, you know, some mediocre greenhouse, and I've seen some amazing hash come out of it. So, I mean, it's difficult to grow fire flower. That's the test, right? And then everything else should be fire from there. But I, I, Michigan, for sure, I saw a grow that was like, I've never seen a grow like this in my life, you know, type stuff. I've seen a few where I'm like, this had like custom floors that were like uh, painted to match the branding and I, just unbelievable scale of quality uh, stuff. I've never, you know, you can imagine your dreams that that's the only other place I've seen it like that. I saw New York just legalized now. Yeah. crazy. Oh, so that's going to be, hopefully some things happen. New Jersey too. Yeah. I'm ready. I can't wait to Virginia. see like, let's see some movement, right? Man, let's see everywhere. It's popping everywhere. Some dispensaries pop so get up. Get into that though. I mean, so you say Michigan, you say Oregon, I kind of am leaning into Michigan. There's yeah. also a lot of, of, of cool stuff coming out of like Maine, I got it. Yeah. slept on out yes. there for sure. Yep. yep. So Vermont, seen a few dope facilities out there. But um, I knew some growers that were coming from Massachusetts. I know Oni and stuff. They were up there doing it, and, I, and then I ran into another guy that was up there. So I, I do believe there's some pockets, but it just seems like I've seen some grows go up in Michigan like I've never seen. What yeah. are your thoughts on Oklahoma? It man, two thousand dispensaries. When I think Oklahoma, I think production. I think of empty space, and I think of, <laughs> I yeah, I think of non-population. Like, yes. what are they? Gonna, who is going to smoke this shit? But other at the states, end of the day, which mind you, for any listener who doesn't know, Oklahoma, they're doing open licensing. Basically, like you can grow as much as what you have land for, like unlimited forever. I like um, that. I like that model. And it's very, 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 very cheap and very easy. They have more license holders in California, and California's been doing this since from what i understand most of their sales is coming from out of state people driving in and buying you know that's from that's Texas and shit. yeah in, what kansas or something yeah bordering states so i mean that makes sense and then <laughs> once it like whatever criminalizes new mexico that's gonna I be i guess it'll make more sense so i'm sure we'll get a few gems out of there like shout yeah. out to the what the the connoisseur oklahoma oh bro your boy uh, west coast connoisseurs he's got oh yeah he's out uh, there tulsa or whatever tulsa uh tulsa Oklahoma connoisseurs, or, yeah, or yeah, something, yeah, right? like, yeah. West Coast connoisseurs. To- Tulsa. I'm sure some fire that's going to come out of some spots, one thousand percent. But yeah. as a state, as a whole, when I think of it as like a place to go to, like look for real exotic or real fire or no, 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 something no. up and coming, I just think production. I think commercial. The best place I like looking for like just boutique so craft, like gems. Kind of a yeah. question to build. Like once it's federally legal, I feel like being in the Midwest is kind of a key position because distribution, like you'll be able to hit the East Coast and the West Coast. But do you think it's possible to bring like the best weed from, let's say, the West Coast? And can you bring that anywhere and grow that? Like, is that yeah. possible? Yeah. Indoor. Yeah. You're you just going to come up against, does it, is it worth growing it in state so do you move the operation or do you license the the strains and grow in state for cost or do you actually ship product across state because there's going to be a bunch of taxes involved it's not just a to b right you're they're going to make you pay a bunch of taxes you're gonna have to use a certain service that only delivers cannabis and so is it a is it going to be worth it to do that or is it worth it if you're going to actually do a big project is it worth it to pop yeah. up a grow in the other state and have a and you know and actually Save cultivate the product there you know so it's just, i think it's the same thing with other businesses i think that's very parallel to some other businesses um with that but what uh for anybody getting their 
grow up out of state, like all these new states coming online and shit, what would you say are the biggest important things they could know going into it? Like, like one more time, just got a new warehouse, just got approved for licensing. We're in New Jersey, say all the lights are up. Same. What's the most important thing? Same three points. Environmentals, genetics, irrigation. How, how big of a, of a role do genetics play? Third. A third? Yeah. A third of it. This is me. This is my 18 years experience. There's three points you hit. And that's how you get to where you're going for growing. I mean, you can grow mediocre herb that same way too. You know, mediocre environment, mediocre genetics, mediocre irrigation and feedings, and you get mediocre product. But those are the three points to get to where you're going. Without those three, you you don't get product. From how easy is it during the growing process to go from A plus bud (sighs) to like B plus bud? How easy is that? Like, how easy of a of a mess up is that? One day, one little tweak. One day, one no one, one night where your dehumidifiers can't keep up with your humidity, and you get a spike, or you Just get a anything. drop, and then you get spores that start, and the spores create. I'm sure other people have heard of powdery mildew, so <clears throat> that takes one night, one time. So you have to have the amount of dehumidification. And your ACs need to actually be reading control. And that's in just the room. one thing that could happen too. It's like yeah, yeah. obviously, right? Like, oh, it's never one thing, it's always a bunch of things. So A plus runs are are everything hits the mark. Like grand slams. Yeah, yeah. It's uh I, I it, it's the hardest part about it is consistency. Yeah. Hundred percent because when you think in any sporting or any event or any game or anything for the for the team to hit every single mark. Yeah. Or the player to hit every single mark. Very it's almost, you know what I mean? But I guess with the automation and everything, it's caught it's caught up. That's where and that's what people don't believe in, and that's where it's hard for them to put their trust into it's kind of like No, it, I, that's that's what you need though. That's what how you take it out of there. You don't you don't have six variables by four different growers, three different guys. You you have a system that handles 99% of the work and then you check that system and you handle that 1% variable. Now you have consistency. Now you're able to put what you do into that, right? Now, now where's the human come in and take that to the next level, right? But right. The, the basis is it covered. Uh, you know, if it needs to be automated, your environment automated, your feedings automated. Uh, you have to get those consistent. You have to, I mean... Look at people. If you're an artist, I mean, or if you're a athlete and you're at the top of your game, you eat at the same time every day. You eat a similar meal, the same a similar meal, meaning the carbs, the proteins, the breakdown is the same. You have the same right, like everything's scheduled out, everything's weighed, and out, it's the same with out. cannabis. People, cannabis, same process, same thing, same breeding, and so you have to have that control. Your environment. When you hear kids go crazy and kids have issues, it's because their environment was out of whack growing up, right? Same thing. Yep. Same exact thing. It's paralleled. Wow. So it's one and for one. That's wild. Yeah. Plants, people, people like plants. It's the same thing. Same exact thing. Yeah. Life. Yes, yes. Living or organism. The the process of life is the same. The breeding, the female, the 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 stage of growth when they want the actual pollen there are 20 days. I mean, you know what I'm saying yeah. for it, it's so when you really understand plants, it's so similar to people that 
it's almost relatable at every turn. Wow. Weak plants get diseases and, and have issues. Guess what? They get diseases because they have a weak immune system. What happens when people go into the hospital to have a weak immune system? They end up dying, but not from the thing that they went in for sometimes. It's so similar that almost yeah. every instance you can relate parallel to a plant's life. It's that's that's how I've gotten to really understand what's going on when I see something and then derive what had happened or how did we get here or how do we fix this is understanding, okay, what happened? And then and playing this back. And and this it's so parallel to a person's life. Hundred percent. And then and then obviously tie in branding with that too. You're gonna need a brand. Yeah. Get your op started. You got a banger strain, two, three, four. You're going to build a little menu. The day we landed in Cali, I remember like branding. Here's an Instagram and we're going to like, I I mean, it was like, we already knew the name. Yeah. Out of the gates though. If I remember making lists, I had five pieces of paper from top to bottom that had different names on it. Random. Just been a crazy shift too, from growing up here and being in the prop two fifteen market. Like it was almost a distinct change, bro. Like I think maybe around you had to get your shit together. Like maybe around like two thousand fifteen, sixteen. Like I remember uh, West Coast Care. They were one of the first ones to have their like label on it. Hardcore OG. Yeah, bro. That and then the doctor. I used to love the hardcore. Hundred dollar gram of shatter, bro. Hundred dollar gram of shatter. And it was fucking selling out. It was. How come they don't make BHO like that anymore, bro? I've been wanting that. And they bring the hardcore back, man. Bring BHO back. Good BHO, bro. Not the CRC. Jay cures. Uh, Bring the hardcore back, man. We need that. But yeah, I'd love to see the BHO market come back because what you don't see is you have all these hash brands and they're dropping solvent lists, but it's only because that strain produces a lot of resin. What about these strains that Buddy was growing that's just a beautiful flower and amazing flower smoke, but now we're not getting that wax because it's not worth it to him to do those batches that he used to do. So you see a very... You see GMO in almost every cross. You see the same lineages in all the hashes right now. So it's like That's I would love to see BHO come back to where we start to see small batch different flavors come back. Bro, that's something that I miss. Like back in the day, you used to be able to go to the shop and you could go to like 10 different shops in a day and all of them would have a different menu. Like, yeah, they'd have some of yeah. the similar stuff. They have Blue Dream, Girl Scout cookies. We used to love that. We would go but, to 10 shops and try all different stuff. Yeah, and it was the best shit and it didn't yeah. come. Some of the best weed. You could I, actually smell it. Yeah. Bro, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like plain scratch-offs. Yeah. Ma- do, remember when we went to Black Rose and you would actually be yeah. able to smoke there? You could sit down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the old they school had lounges t- were oh. the shit. Yeah. I miss shit. That's what's missing in LA. That was so dope. But that's what's missing in LA. Because we sat down down yeah. at the, the cannabis cafe yep. bowls. Or they called it's, it now it's not. Now it's, now cannabis it's cafe, OG right? cannabis cafe. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was dope. Though. It was cool. They need some TVs and they need to throw like events with like a D. De- you know, yeah. they need to, to get into yeah. the vibe of like, we, it's a it culture. Can't be like, uh, it was just like a tea shop. Yeah, and they served some decent food, and it was it was like cool yeah. and novelty to be able to smoke and do that. But now let's take it to the next level and create an experience and have some fun there. And Where like, you can kick it and meet yeah. your friends, and you know, because you see that now, you see in, in yep. certain things and shows, and all these other states are coming online, and like, you see, not everybody, a lot of people aren't drinking. A lot no. of people are just coming to hang out and smoke. Yeah, and people want to be more social now when they're smoking. Like everyone thinks he's stoner, just wants to sit in his room uh, by himself. No, I know a lot of people that'll. They only will smoke with people. Yeah. 
I used you know to, what I mean? People used to think I was weird in high school for wanting to do shit when I got high, bro. They'd be like, what do you mean? Like, you just don't want to chill and stuff? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Like, Let's go ride bikes. Right. Let's go That's work the whole out. Let's point. go do something yeah, fun. Yeah, it like, is. What's you know? your favorite thing to That's do That's what high? you get kind of stuck on is like, oh, we'll smoke before. My best ideas and my best thoughts come from that is getting out of my realm when I'm stoned nice. or when I'm hot, you know, when I'm medicated and, uh, and I'm able to basically just, you know, think different, uh, honestly. So I would agree with that. I've had some psychoactive, of my yes, cannabinoids. psychoactive Talk cannabinoids. Next question: fresh flower. I mean, psychoactive cannabinoids, aka fresh flower. And I used to, me and C used to talk about this a lot. And I used to bring this up a lot that there's nothing like fresh weed. Fresh flower has the psychoactive effect still. Where in in my body, in my mind, when I smoke fresh flower, I get my best ideas, my most most vibrant ideas. Uh, in that state, it's that fresh flower. It's really hard to say anything, but it, it has that psychoactive effect still in those cannabinoids. There's nothing like fresh flower. Nothing like it. And like even top, 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 what I consider craft, if it's, if it's been aged too long, yep. I don't prefer it. It's Just different. because I like the active mental state yeah the flow that it brings and that's the whole kind of point of the show is the first smoke of the day these are our first smokes of the day and it brings forth good conversation between good people yeah and that's what cannabis has always done for me to where i smoke early in the day with another cannabis user and we always have a great conversation yeah so me and me and me and l over here like we for years would just have our first smoke of the day and like talk about what we we're going to do with the business, what we we're going to do with this idea, with that life, idea, with life, everything. And like, we had our best conversations due to the fact we had access to fresh off the vine. Mm-hmm. high end cannabis first smoke of the day though, 100%. specifically. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, it is. You know, and you're kind of chasing from there. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and some people wait till they smoke at night and then that's their, their only. And, but for I us know people that do that and that, that, it's the same thing. I'm sure that that's why they like it. And so, yeah, it was also our only time together where we got to really brainstorm yeah. like that. Cause yeah, kick at off. night you come home and after eight hours in the garden and eight after, yeah. you know, office work in this it's business, different. real estate, the last thing you want to do is now put that immense amount of energy into brainstorming that, and, and you know, you it's know, different. that with mentors, it's a different state of flow. It is. It's and that a more first calm smoke. state of flow, whereas in the beginning and then in the morning and yes. you're smoking, you get excited, but yeah, it's like, uh, it's uplifting, I should say. Yeah. And it's uplifting and it's like whatever those creative juices are with, that's what's going through. Yeah. No, it's vibrant. And that's first smoke of the day. I mean, he used 100%. to bring it up to me all the time and say, there's something about the first smoke of the day. 100%. And about, obviously, good chronic. Yeah. Fresh flowers. Fresh flower. The good shit. Yeah. And when it ages, it forms CBN. And that's what, that's what gives you like, you know tired and hungry feeling yeah which it's that's different. what i want to take out of the <laughs> cannabis a lot of the time you know what i mean yeah. like i'm all down for the munchies and stuff yeah. but i want to get some stuff and uh do some stuff but uh yeah we're gonna wrap this up let's uh bring this full circle shout out to that boy boro yep thank you shout thank out to you. my man black lee what up you already know first episode first smoke of the day yep appreciate having you guys best Thanks smoke of the day. Us, keep smoking <laughs>